One, two, episode, it's 211? Yes. Episode 211. Y'all niggas better not be drinking no 211. <laughs> <laughs> Serious rap shit podcast. I'm John, your host. I'm Josh, your other host. And yeah, what's what's going on, Josh? Um, You know, same shit, different day. Um, I actually got out for like the first time, especially since like all the back surgery shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cause I think like the last time I was really out was maybe like when me, you, and Liz hung out to watch the game before like the first back surgery. Oh shit! Yeah, we did. Um, so uh, I got out. I went and I actually I was covering um, Dave uh, Santan. Dave is uh, a rapper from the UK. Um, mm-hmm. I was covering his show for um, XPN um, this past Sunday at the TLA and. Um, it was dope, man. Like, aside nice. from it being a fucking thousand degrees in there. Really? What was the venue? TLA. You said TLA. TLA. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog. Thousand degrees. Like, sweat <laughs> dripping down from your eyes. In, like, stripping down from your forehead into your eyes hot. Like, yeah. It was crazy. Man. Um, but it was packed. I was really surprised. I, I wasn't sure... What like an audience for him would be? Yeah, you know what, what the I fan mean? base was? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, there, listen. I definitely heard like some people around me talking, and like there was some like British cats in the building. You know oh, what I mean? Oh shit! Yeah, you heard the accents. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow, nice. Um, nice. Whole lot of soccer jerseys or kits with really, really kits. <laughs> lot of soccer kits, dog. <laughs> Tons of them. Um, oh shit. But uh, it was dope. It was a really cool experience. It, like, I was a little worried before I went because it was the first time I was going to be in like a space with a ton of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. My kids just are getting over COVID for the second time. Jesus. Yeah. Um, they just had it last week. So I was like, ugh. I was already, I was just kind of nervous. Like, mm-hmm. of like, oh man, like I'm going to this venue. TLA is completely closed in. There is no air. Um, And uh, then when I got there and it was that many people, I was like, fuck me, man. Because, like, by the time I got, I got there, like, about a half hour before the show started. Mm -hmm. um, Because I was trying to, like, get in there and grab a seat. Because, like, I definitely still wasn't going to be able to stand for a whole show. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when I got in there, the floor was already packed, which is general admission for folks who don't know at the TLA. So the floor was packed already. And I was like, holy shit. Like I, I was not expecting it. Um, and then like, I got in there and then like no openers, Mm -hmm. which is love. Get right to the show. Did they have like a DJ or some shit? They had a DJ. Yeah. DJ came out, DJ for about 45 minutes. And then, he was like, "All right, I'm gonna bring." He, first, he comes out. I forget through his name, but he's he was a local dude. He wasn't, um, uh, cause he's the dude who does like Drake nights at like the the Dolphin or whatever. Oh uh, um, yeah. 
he was like first came out he was like walk one philly and i was like oh is he a british boy like right, and he right. was like i'm about to play some proper tunes and <laughs> they like but then like all the Phillyness kind of started to come out as yeah, he was yeah, talking yeah. through the set so oh shit um but like he's like all right i'm, I'm out of here make sure you check me out drake Knight said so and so and then he like walked off and it was still like another like 20 30 minutes before fucking david then i'm getting on stage oh, but shit. um he came out around like 9 30 ish and then um so he, he did a dope set like it was really a dope show um uh he was like playing guitar uh fucking nice. playing uh keyboards and shit like it was cool he brought um uh at one point there was like some shoving that was happening on on oh. like the floor, yeah, and he yeah. immediately paused the show. He was like, "Hold, uh-huh. hold, hold the music." Yeah, and he was like, "Yo, is everybody cool?" Blah 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 blah. Security grabbed up the one boy, I guess that was like really doing the pushing, and all you hear is like the football chant of like, "Wanker, wanker, oh, shit, wanker," wow. and so like they dragged that dude out, and then wow. like, uh, <laughs> you hear like a <laughs> chant in the crowd. For Tiago Splitter, which is uh, Tiago uh, Silva, which is a um, one of like Dave's first big songs with this mm-hmm. dude AJ Tracy, and um, so he was like, "Is that what y'all want to hear? Is that what y'all want to hear?" Yeah. And people are cheering like, "Yeah, yeah!" So he was like, "All right," he's like, "You know, but I ain't got my partner with me to do that song." He was like, "So who in the crowd can like? I, I need y'all no to lyrics. show me who can do the lyrics." <laughs> so. He gets a couple people to like do the lyrics in the crowd, and um, like he was like, "I'm gonna do a part, and I need you to come in and finish it." Mm-hmm. So he does it. A couple people do it. So they chant, like they vote on whoever did it the best. He gets this dude up on stage. Dude gets up on stage and starts like running around, jumping up and down, like he had done this oh, shit a million times. Shit. They go into the song. Dude nails it. Perfect. He's nice. like killing it, and. Like, you can see the joy on Dave's face as the dude's, like, into it and having fun on stage. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really dope. Like, this dude is enjoying watching this dude have, like, this moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it was real cool. He, like I said, like, they did some guitar shit that was on the keyboards, did some sh- did, his, did his hits. And then, like, right when I was just like, all right, I'm like, it's been a while now. It's been about three Time hours of me yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's like, you know, I got, I got more music. I can't believe I still got more songs for y'all. And I'm like, oh man, (laughs) shit. (laughs) And then he comes and then he's like, then he plays Clash, which is his like biggest song right now with him and Stormzy off the Mm. new record. And, um, fucking like, uh, he does that joint. Then he's like, all right, Philly, I promise I'm coming back soon. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, bet show's over. Let's let's hit the exits. Yeah. Um, and I hit up, dog. So, you know, like, so f- folks from Philly who don't know is TLA is on South Street, which used to be, like, a big haunt for folks to go hang Pilot. out and shit like that. Pilot. I think it's, uh, from what I've heard, like, it's starting to come back to that. Like, it's starting to be a place yeah. to hang out again. But we've been a few times uh, since COVID. Really? And, yeah, it's been, it's been real cool. It's like, oh, okay, you know, it's like, it's real chill now here. Nobody yes. got shot. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like a lot of young people, older people, mm-hmm. a nice mixture. Yeah, it's it's been it's been chill the last few times that I've went. And this was the first 
weekend day because it was this past Sunday. The past two weekends we've had here in Philly have been like torrential downpours uh-huh. all weekend. This was the first weekend day we had in a couple of weeks that was like nice out. It was gorgeous on set, right. on Sunday. So it was packed down there. People was out there on their bikes, all that kind of shit. So when I get out of the joint, I'm like, so we got this place in Philly called Lorenzo's Pizza that does like these giant slices of pizza. Yeah. Um, and they use, I don't know how it is now, but they used to be like one of the only places that was open like crazy late. They'd be open till like three o'clock on like a Tuesday night. So like mm-hmm. you could always get something from there. Like coming, there was a bunch of bars down South Street. So you come out of the bars or whatever, you could grab some pizza. I hadn't had Lorenzo's in at least <laughs> two years because uh, I haven't had it since we since the pandemic obviously and probably the last time i had lorenzo's was when i was down there with me you raj and just for the avalanches oh, show yeah, yeah yeah we played uh open yeah for the avalanches yeah yeah so i don't think i've had it since then and that's at least like five years ago now right um so i went and i got a slice of pizza and i was like oh I, I don't know how much it is i haven't had a slice of pizza i think the last time i had it was like three dollars for the slice and the slice is mm-hmm. giant it's like at least two slice sizes like you Just, know what i mean it's a giant slice like i got uh, uh the techniques 1200s right here like a, a slice of uh lorenzo's is like <laughs> one of these platters yes exactly yeah. it's a giant slice i went in there dog it's like 525 mm-hmm for one slice of pizza now. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. Because if you go to like a regular pizza place, a lot of times the slice is like $2, $2.50 for a regular slice anyway. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. But I was just like, fuck me, man. Like $75 and change for a slice of yeah. pizza? You eating the same amount of pizza with a slice of Lorenzo's that you eating like a DiGiorno's that you get out yes. of the fucking uh, supermarket. Yes, same exactly. amount of pizza. Yeah, it's a giant slice. So I was like, it's not bad. It's not like it's not like it's out of out of craziness for the price or whatever. But they also like it used to be a spot you could go into and walk up to the counter. Though the counter is like right at the window now. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't even really be in there. And I, I guess it's like the COVID stuff because they don't want people hanging around in there. But man, it was just like it was an eye opener. So like I grabbed my shit, hopped in, went home or whatever. But like I really enjoyed it, man. It was like a nice night out, you know what I mean? And like um got to check out Dave. I'm I'm a fan of his anyway, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And you know, I was covering that shit. So like I wrote up the article the next day, the article just dropped um yesterday. So like yeah, man, I, I really I actually really, really had a good time. Nice. Um and it was nice to be out, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Once all is... like the anxiety went away of like being in this giant space with people, mm. I had a good time. Yeah, I'm 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 still a little iffy. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm definitely like less iffy than I was, you know, about like being around people. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean like it's still a little nerve-wracking and mm-hmm. you're like and also, like, I'm really hypersensitive of, like, I'm sitting there and, like, if I have to, like, cough a little bit or something like that, I'm like, oh, my God, like, are people yeah. staring at me because they think I got COVID? Like, <laughs> plague. Yeah. So, like, you're just, like, I- I'm really hypersensitive to that shit. And, like, um, but I'm, I am I was, like, oh, it was nice to, like, be out into stuff. 
hopefully this means like a summer I'll be able to be out doing some stuff and that kind of shit because like because of COVID I really had been hesitant the last couple summers and then like with everything going on with my back now the last like seven months has been like kind of like just nothing you know what I mean so yeah I'm finally starting to get back out into the world it's a nice feeling you know what I mean nice nice what you been up to bro I've been chilling man I've been working um Tuesday night uh we did a real dope thing uh so there's a spot not far from our crib it's called great circles and yes it's a, a gorgeous spot shout out to justin uh who runs it and it's a record store mm-hmm. and it's like it ain't like no dingy dusty spot it's like a beautiful fucking record store you know what i mean and real like uh choice like expertly curated vinyl mm-hmm. on the walls and shit it's it's beautiful uh it's a small storefront space but it's like picturesque right um so me and my man Doji shout out to Doji uh we DJed there mm-hmm. and you know he brought his boxes of records I brought I've been uh <laughs> kind of like obsessively buying like funk 45s mm-hmm. I've been like really really obsessed with that shit so i bought like crazy box and a bag of records and you know we were just hanging out uh chilling shout out to uh, l'oreal she was there you know and we were just like uh just hanging and the the dj booth setup is facing the front windows and they they have like uh these like windows that like slide open so like the breeze was coming in i'm playing like fucking rare folk records and they're playing you 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 know there's like a speaker you can hear Mm -hmm. the music outside but also they broadcasted it online so Uh, we're like playing in the store but also playing on the radio and it was just it was real chill shout out to uh universal cave those guys were uh downstairs too you know what i mean and like it was real cool. It was like, yo, we like hanging with the homies. Yeah. We talking about records, you know, we pulling out, yo, you see this? Or you see, yo, I heard blah, 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 blah. It was, it was some real chill, uh, like record nerd shit that was mm-hmm. like right up my alley. You know what I mean? So that was Tuesday. And like, really I've been, uh, working, putting together, uh, the radio show that airs on XPN, uh, Friday. And, you know, like staying out the way, hanging out on my back deck, me and Liz, like drinking beers and shit, chilling. Our fucking landlord, uh, shout out to our landlord because she's not, uh, she's not a bad person, um, or she seemed chill. I don't want to give a landlord. <laughs> that, she she seemed cool, but um, our landlord kind of sprung it on us that we wouldn't have electricity, uh, okay. you know, yesterday. So we spent the day pretty much with like no electricity and that's where the sitting out on the back porch came in. We was like chilling out there and shit. Uh I went and did some digging cuz there's like a lot of vinyl spots around here. So it was it's been like a real like laid back chill kind of week, you know. It's amazing how much you realize like oh I need electricity to like do everything that I do. Dog, <laughs> I, like I really like felt the way Cause I was like, yo, you know, it's not like, like, I don't have a job that I get up and go to and like 
I used to like lift banana boxes, yeah. you know what I'm saying, at the co-op, and then they would pay me. Fam, like if I don't have an internet connection, like what bread am I making? Maybe somebody will, you know, hire me to go out and like play records or whatever, and I yeah. can pack a bag of records and some needles and go play somewhere. But my bread and butter is like being on the internet, researching and writing. Mm-hmm. You know, it really yeah. reminded me uh, yesterday not having that access. Yeah, because you're just like everything. Like I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I I made a, a, a wholesale change of like what I do. And so much of what I do is is so reliant on me being online or being available to be online, mm-hmm. watching TV or doing like these things that all require me to be online to be able to do it. Um because my my uh, internet went out the other day. It was only for a little while, but it was mm-hmm. long enough to, for me to be like, "Holy shit!" Like I need to get like I was in the middle of reading something, and like the the internet popped off, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I just lost my internet signal. Right. right. And it's like it was really one of those things where it's like, "Oh fuck!" Like I get like you know it, even with stuff with this, it's like you know I shit we share a, a Google Doc before we do this thing, and it's just like. If I didn't have the internet to send that over to yeah. you, like you know what I mean, like all that I can't shit, even like, do that. Yeah, so relying on internet, man. Like it's it's really wild how like you you don't realize how reliant to being online all the time that mm-hmm. you are. Because like there was a time when you like went on the internet, like when we yeah. were kids, there was a thing was like, oh, I just got done with the internet, like I just right. got off the internet. <laughs> oh, reef. Shout out to Reef. Reef says something. I think he might have been talking about uh, the Freddie Gibbs shit. Yes. Where, uh, yeah. you know, cats are saying that Benny and his people uh, jumped Freddie Gibbs in Buffalo. I think he was talking about that. Uh, but he basically, long story short, he said something about logging off the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, you know, XYZ happened when you log off. And I thought about that. I was like, yo, there really would... Like, there would be days as an adult when I wouldn't yes. engage with the internet at all. You know yes. what I'm saying? I would be I would be like, oh, okay, you know, I don't have, I'm not arguing with niggas on OK Player today or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm, like, out in the world, and yeah. I didn't, you know, fuck with the internet. And if I didn't have, um, like, a smartphone or whatever at the time, you know, early 2000s, if it was one of them phases where i didn't have a phone it'd be like oh there's there's just no internet for me yeah, today I, I don't have internet for a while yeah it, it, that that almost never happens now no i'm on i'm online all and like even when i'm not online my phone is right there and it's still logged into every like i don't ever log out of any of my social media or anything like that like i know people who do that like who log out of their social media every day yeah yeah, and it's like, oh no, I don't do that. I'm online all the time. Yeah, um, to the point where I saw somebody. It was like a meme. Somebody posted where it was like, um, I'm that person who is watching something on television. It gets a little bored, starts scrolling on their phone, misses something important, rewinds, rewinds too far on the TV, mm-hmm. goes, okay, I'll start looking at my phone again until that part comes on, and then miss the <laughs> fucking scene again because miss I was again. on my phone. Yep. And it's like, yeah, I do that. Like, I'll be doing shit like that. Like, I was watching, god damn it, the Sixers uh, game the other day, and I was like, 
on Twitter while I was watching it. Plus, I had my computer open because I'm working on another article. So I had like my computer open while I was like somewhat like sparsing out like the introduction for this other article that I'm working on. Mm. And on my phone, like on Twitter, watching the game. And it was like all of a sudden something happened in the game. And I was like, oh, shit. Like I, I had like gone into a black hole of like Twitter shit. And had completely forgot about the game, the article I was starting, and the like. I was just like in a dark hole on Twitter, mm. and it really is like a time. Like there was a time where you were like, "Oh, I'm gonna go online and look at a couple sites, or get in this chat room or some shit right. like that," and then get off the internet. <laughs> Very purposeful. Never, yeah. Now yeah. it's just like you're just never off the internet. You know what I mean? Because yeah. even, like, if you think about shopping, you're like, oh, I'm going to go look and see if they have it here. Or, like, yeah. like dude, I stopped in a, a sneaker store yesterday, and <clears throat> I walked around. I went to three different sneaker stores because right around the corner from me, there's, like, there was a, <clears throat> um, what do they call that shit now? It's, like, Zips or whatever the fuck that it shit used to be. Snipes? Yeah, it used to be, yeah. yeah, whatever it shit is. So I stopped in there, and... I was looking at some sneakers. They didn't have anything that I really liked. They did have a pair of Jordans that I liked, but I was like, I'm not paying $200 for sneakers today. Mm. Um, and I stopped in. There's like a Champs right next to it and a Foot Locker right next to it. So I stopped in all three of them. I didn't like anything. And I was like, I saw some sneakers that I liked the other day online. I should have just fucking ordered the ones that I saw online that I liked. Yeah. And it's like, even now, like I just like I, I'd rather just order most of the shit I'm getting straight offline than go anywhere to go buy it, yeah. man. The, the last few times I've been to sneaker stores, very similar situation where I had mm -hmm. to like pop around to multiple <clears throat> ones. I I legit just gave up because the selection. And, uh, you know, I don't wear every sneaker, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? No, I me like, neither. Yeah, yeah. I like a very particular like set of styles, you know what I mean? And I was looking and they just had like wax excuse me, like whack shit, short shit mm -hmm. that was whack to me. And I was like, dog, I'm going online. <laughs> buying fucking, fucking buying what I want. I'm not doing this shit. You know, I, I very rarely have a situation where the size doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whether it's like clothing or, or sneaks, I you know, it's rare. I got like a pair of uh, Nikes that I bought like a year ago that didn't fit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or they didn't fit comfortably, and they just now they just sitting in the crib. But that rarely ever happens. Usually, I order some shit online, boom, 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 and it's all good. But yeah, sneaker stores have disappointed me like a couple times now. I'm like, come on, man! Like, Dude, I legit. What are we doing? I was watching um, a podcast, um, video podcast or whatever, and like I saw like the dude, one the comedian who was on the show. I saw his shirt. And I was just like, oh, I like that shirt. So I pulled it up and ordered it. it literally, as I'm watching the, the fucking uh -huh. podcast, I'm like, I like that shirt. So I'm just going to pull it up and ordered it. Like, you know what I mean? And it, it is a situation where it's just like, oh, well, I know what size I would. Partially, too, it's just like, well, I know what size I wear. So, like, you know what I mean? And like you said, like, most sneakers is generally like, oh, I need like a nine or a nine and a half in the sneaker. And I know generally like how that sneaker fits because, like you said, it's not like I go so far out of like, um, like 
my like what kind of sneaker I wear. I generally wear a certain type of sneaker. Right. So I know like, okay, nines in these Air Maxes fit. So I'm just gonna order nines. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or I this shirt is a X I know XL is fit in this shirt, so I'm buying an XL shirt. Like, you know what I mean? I don't need to right. like go through a whole bunch of shit or try like there's certain shit I will try on because I want to see how it fits, but most of the time it's just like for t shirts or shit or like sweaters mm-hmm. or hoodies, I'm like, hey, order it. So like I, I I found a shirt that I, I I liked and I was like so I sent it to my daughter like hey get this for me for for Father's Day like mm-hmm. you know it's like a twenty five dollar shirt like get this for in XL yeah. like I don't need to be like oh well I don't know exactly how it's gonna fit it's like no I know it's it's an XL T shirt it'll fit right. perfectly fine like maybe it'll be a little big and I would need like a large but like whatever I deal with the XL it's. It's one of those situations where it's just like, yeah, I don't have to. And I'd much rather just be like doing. There's so much shit I'd rather just do online than be doing shit. Like I don't want to go to stores if I don't have to. And like yeah. I, whatever, I know like that's probably, but like that's what our society is now. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you yeah. Know. Sometimes you know I don't want to spend too much time on this, but yeah, sometimes yeah, 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 the yeah. experience of um, shopping is real cool. Yes, I'm really only doing it if like Liz is like, "Hey, you want to go shopping?" You know what I mean. Generally, I'm like, "Man, let me go on Polo site." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just order what I want. Go. <laughs> I want boom, boom, boom. Yeah, ship a box, and that shit come dummy faster than it used to. You know what I'm saying? When you yes. would order some shit, I used to wait around for clothes forever. Now, man, you order some shit from Ralph, that shit at your crib in like a week. You know, oh, what I'm saying? Got, if that the shirt I ordered the other day is supposed to be here tomorrow, <laughs> like mm-hmm. is like I just ordered it on Sunday, it's supposed right. to be here tomorrow. Like it's right. that fast, it's coming to me, dog. Fucking only real quick before we switch on. Fucking polo be drawn sometimes though on they like um they like uh, ads they have on like social media because uh-huh. like I see like I saw this fly ass sweater I was like yo I want this I uh-huh. don't give a fuck I'll pay the two hundred dollars for a fucking sweater I don't give a mm-hmm. shit but to pull it up it was a fucking kids I was like God damn it yo <laughs> yo Polo does that a lot and Lacoste does that shit yes it'll be like some crazy shit you be like man I'm, about to I'm fuck ordering this up. shit. I'm about to fuck niggas up with this jar, and it'd be like a little a little boy shirt. Like yes. you click on it, and you see like some little kid wearing it. like a five T. Like God damn it! Like what? Like and can I just show, get it in adults? They won't show you in the ad. I know exactly what ads you talk about. <laughs> Ralph ain't shit for that because they no. won't show you. They'll just show you the shirt. It's just a shirt. So you don't you know no tell. size, you know, uh, scale or whatever. Like, yeah, because it's, just... it's not a kid in a shirt. It's mm-hmm. just the shirt. <laughs> it's just and a you're shirt. just like, oh shit, that that, that sweater's fly. Mm-hmm. And pull the joint over and be like fucking five T or five Y, and you're just like, God yep. damn it! Like yep. that shirt is so fucking fly. I need that. And yeah, envision yourself yes. wearing that shit. Uh-huh. Like, yo, man, I got sneakers that would fit perfect with that joint. Uh-huh. You go to order, you're like, God damn it! Like, and I listen, man. I'm way too big to be trying to slide my ass in a fucking kid nah. size. Like, nah. it ain't happening. You know what I mean? But yeah, on on some music news stuff. Uh, on a, on a bright note. We'll start off on a nice bright note. Um, so apparently, I think it was like back in 2016, um, this young lady who was in high school had reached, has like sent a letter to, uh, or like an inbox really to J. Cole about um, her situation and like explaining um, 
uh, like she was adopted and like mm. her parents were on drugs, all this kind of stuff. And, and um, she explained the situation. Cole was her like her favorite rapper and all that kind of stuff. And Cole made a promise to her that if she graduated from a four year college, he would come to her graduation. Oh shit! And that graduation happened over this past weekend, and Cole was there as promised. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. And his manager like shouted her out on uh, social media and all kinds of stuff. Um, mm. But it, it, it's a it's a nice heartwarming thing to be like, hey, this dude made a promise to a fan of his, and showed up and showed out. And like Cole seems like that kind of person. Like he seems like a fairly genuine type dude. Um, and I just thought that was like really dope that he yeah. showed up to this person. You know, we've heard the stories of like Pac like telling a young lady he would go on her prom and like there's and long after he passed, like pictures surfaced and she was like, Yeah, he did. He promised he, he would come, it, yeah. he came and showed up and like I like that kind of stuff, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I think that um for all of the you know, uh obviously negative uh, things that come along with like social media and increased access to celebrities and in celebrity culture in general, you also get nice little sweet things like mm -hmm. this. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that one is like a trade off for the other or whatever. Yeah. That's that's a whole other conversation. Uh, but this is this is nice. You know what I mean? I don't know Cole. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's it's cool to see. You know. Um, Clearly, this young lady like loves this motherfucker, and it's dope. It's like, yo, you you held to your word, you know what I'm yes. saying? And you didn't, you didn't have to do that. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, I'm sure his Cole's schedule is crazy, and you know, like, so, but he took time out to do that, and like, that's gonna mean something to not just her. Obviously, that's gonna mean so much to her over time and all that kind of stuff. But that's gonna mean something to. Somebody who just read about it and saw it and was like, oh, that's sweet. Like, that's going to make that person be maybe a better person to people they make promises to. And all that, all that stuff has ripple effects. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, if they become somebody, somebody who reads that and then becomes Cole level famous and, mm -hmm. and somebody reaches out to them and goes like, oh, nah, nah, they may remember that and go like, you know what? Cole did that shit. I'm no better. Like, I need to do that kind of shit, too. Like, I need to reach out and be, like, there for people who care about me. Because it is an experience of, like, fandom where you're just, like, you know, it could be something that can be exploited. We've seen plenty of artists exploit the ideas of fandom. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to remember that it's a symbiotic relationship and that like right, you need to right. be good to your fans for them to continue to be good to you you know what i mean yeah. and i think that's a really dope thing yeah chub rock said it treat them right yep you absolutely know? that was 88 89 89 yeah. you know yeah absolutely um and somewhat good news as well um but it ties into some bad news uh so Jay-Z, um, Killer Mike's been working on this as well, uh, but uh, and a few others have been working to push a, um, a law that would not allow prosecutors to use 
rapper's lyrics as evidence mm. against them. Um, it's called the. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up. Give me one second. Because I actually have a quote from it and everything. It's New York's rap on trial law. It passed in the state senate, um, oh. and. It now needs, I think it needs like a complete vote or something like that. Something I was reading, it needs a complete vote with everybody present. But yeah. it, they expect it to pass again. And then the, the governor of New York, she would need to sign it into law. But oh. it, would, it, would, uh, it would not allow um, prosecutors to use rappers' lyrics as a way to use as evidence. Unless they can directly link what that rapper is saying to what yeah. they're going through in trial. Like, yo, I killed Scott. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, this nigga actually killed boy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Um, and obviously this ties into the fact that Young Thug and Gunna were arrested on RICO charges yeah. and they are, their lyrics are going to be used against them apparently in court. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah it's it's a situation where it's like you know if a guy plays a serial killer on television and then shoots somebody or like is his him being a serial killer on television Mm -hmm. a thing that we can use against him like that's it's art like art is art you know what i mean and there's also there's there's many many layers to how Mm -hmm. fucked up this this shit is uh with prosecutors using rap music uh and lyrics in uh criminal trials but also, if you consider the fact that a lot of the people who are in positions to be judges, prosecutors, I would even argue a lot of the people that end up, you know, quote unquote, on juries when uh, black people specifically are accused of crimes, a lot of mm-hmm. times are not black. So a prosecutor takes a lyric and says, oh, he said, blah, 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 blah. I was, you know, doing crime, hanging with my slime or whatever, uh-huh. you know, whatever the fuck they're going to take from a song. And, and, and point to that as evidence of a crime. And you have prosecutors, a judge, and a jury potentially that have zero cultural context for Absolutely. this music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're interpreting these things as crimes or they're interpreting yeah. these lyrics as um, descriptions of crimes or, or confessions or whatever. And these motherfuckers can't even really understand this music or understand what these uh, artists are even saying, really. Yeah. You know, and these are the people that we rely on to interpret this music, whether or not to interpret whether or not this music contains uh, evidence of, of criminal activity. Yeah. I mean, it's it, fucked up. What it comes down to is it also just an issue of your first amendment, your free speech to be like, Hey, I can talk about whatever I want. I can't, that can't be used against me in a court of law unless yeah. it's in the act of committing a crime. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so like, Unless you can directly like I, like what the the state law is like the the hopefully the state law will be in New York is that you can't use like me like you said like something very simple and like you said without cultural context and the, like oh this is gang language and all that kind of stuff and it's just like mm-hmm. yeah but like slang 
for like that all that stuff has permeated the culture and just because somebody's using it doesn't mean that it is a uh uh, uh, you know, like, are you gonna ju- arrest Justin Bieber for crip walking? Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, oh, he's signaling gang activity. Yeah, like, yeah. you're not gonna do that. But like, if fucking, you know, I don't know, whoever, you know what I mean? Mac Ten does it, and you're just like, oh man, like, lock- or or yeah. WC does not it, Mac and you're 10. like, well, he's connected to gang activity, and it's just right. like, you know, I, I think like. Like you said, uh, it's obviously racially uh, discriminatory, but like most Mm -hmm. of our laws in this country are anyway. Yeah, Um, absolutely. But uh, it's also a situation just simply of freedom of speech. Like you're allowed Mm -hmm. to say these things. You can't prosecute somebody for something that they said unless it directly ties to an act of crime. And, and, you know, just because you say uh, I was hanging with my my slime doing crime doesn't necessarily like you can't do that yeah. specifically to that. You know what I mean? And there's a long history of taking rap lyrics around crime and like quote unquote mm-hmm. like deviant behavior as like making like literal interpretations or assumptions that you know rap music largely dominated and innovated by black cishet males there's an assumption that because a lot of shit is fantasy you know what i mean yes, and there's absolutely. an assumption that uh and i'm not speaking specifically to like the young thug ysl shit mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not speaking to that specifically a lot of rap music is fantasy a lot of it uh is is imaginative but because of the demographic that makes it and because of the assumptions about uh, assumptions of criminality from the demographic that largely makes rap music, there's mm-hmm. an assumption from the greater society that, oh, these niggas is just really talking about murders and, and shit yes. that they're doing. When really a lot of these motherfuckers, I've literally I, I ain't going to say nobody name. I literally know cats that make rap records about selling dope that have not sold a drug. You know what I'm saying? I literally know cats who have rapped, and they'll rap convincingly about murders who have never bust a gun. You know what I'm saying? If they did, they was at the range or some shit. It wasn't no gunplay on the street. So there's, I feel like uh, on a social level, there's an assumption of criminality that makes it, even easier for prosecutors to take this music and use it against largely black men because mm-hmm. there's some you know a lot of people have pointed out you know rock music is all kind of deviant shit in rock Absolutely. music lyrics nobody's applying that shit even when you know the musicians have like run into legal troubles they're not pulling mm-hmm. out you know, no fucking, I don't want to say Metallica, but they're not, they're not pulling out no fucking rock records yeah. to to convict anybody. So, you know, Jay-Z, I know a lot of people have issues with Jay-Z. I've had issues with moves mm-hmm. that Jay-Z has done. But this shit that they're doing, that's lobbying. You yes. know what I mean? And that's what the game is now. It's the legal system influenced by capitalism. Yeah. So, you know, say what you want and i think that it's a very valid critique that uh you know hip-hop capitalism or black capitalism or whatever is not a way to liberation absolutely Mm -hmm. 
But them motherfuckers on the other side lobby and use their money to lean on uh, the courts and to lean on the legal system to get more black and brown people locked up every day. They do that shit all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's about motherfucking time. We got somebody on our side that's trying to get bills passed like this that, you know, have a better chance of getting passed because there's a lot of money and influence behind it. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. No, I mean, listen, man, you know, I think capitalism is a death cult, but I also live under a capitalist society. So I operate in a capitalist society and, you know, this is what, how power is, you know, spread through a capitalist society is that you use the money that you have to influence things. And like you said, like, this is a good thing to influence because, you know, hopefully it will help from, you know, a lot of young black males generally, uh, but young black males being thrown into a system for bullshit reasons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, fucking railroad it, you know, off the strength of like music that they make or the company that they mm-hmm. keep or whatever. You know? Yeah, I, I I remember like when Michael Vick was going through all the shit that he was going through. Mm. And the people, oh, well, why is he still hanging with people in these places? And blah, blah, blah. It's like, because I grew up, like, he grew up with them. Like, you know people. what I mean? Yeah, like, you know, no one no one says that to like a guy who grew up in in, in this area, like who grew up in South Philly, and might know some guys who are in the mob. Some Italian mm-hmm. guy who grew up in South Philly who might know some people in the mob. No one goes like, "Why do you still associate with those people?" Yeah, y'all like, still y'all still got your racist uncle or your yeah fucking clan grad granddaddy yeah. coming over and eating you know fucking mutton pie or whatever the fuck <laughs> y'all niggas eat on Thanksgiving. Like, come on, man. You know, sometimes we associate with fucked up people. Yeah, absolutely. But it's because of like the thoughts around it and and, and, and racism and and, and those kind of things. Like, it's all, well, why would they do that? It's like, you know, man, like I knew this person since I was a little kid. Like, I like this. Listen, man, you go through my IG. There's pictures of me with people who still out here selling dope. Like, you know what I mean? Come on. Like, but. You know, I've known that person since I was a little kid or like at least a young person. You know what yeah. I mean? So like I'm not going to just not be friends with them because yeah. I'm an adult now and I think differently. But like I've known that person for a very long time. So I've known a motherfucker before he sold dope. Ex- <laughs> like, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? I know, I know, I know before you he was selling dope. I know his heart. I know his spirit. <laughs> Absolutely. Come on. Absolutely. But um, I think we get to some new music for the week. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you listen to anything new? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been really, really uh, rocking with uh, Quelle Chris's new album. Yeah, it's called Death Fame. Mm-hmm. And you know, a couple people in the timeline uh, have made this point, so it's not an original point at all. Um, and I came late to the Quelle Chris game. I, I mm-hmm. you know, knew about him and knew you know he was nice or whatever but i didn't really start digging into his music until a few years ago and a few cats have made the point they said you know rock marcy you know uh kendrick who who will talk about uh you know maybe Ka and quelle might have like the best discographies of the past you know decade mm-hmm. or so 
you know what I'm saying, in, in rap music in particular. Um, this album, uh, the production is gorgeous. The songs are like uh, insightful, mm-hmm. heartbreaking in some ways, you know, joyous. He, he has a real uh, knack as an MC and as a songwriter for balancing stuff that feels like very bittersweet and it almost like makes your stomach like you get like a a pang in your stomach yeah but then he can also write stuff that's like uplifting and joyous you know what i mean he's like he's nice on the mic uh but he's also subtle he's not over rapping at any point there's no point where you're like oh man this dude is like trying to bar me down it's literally you're hearing somebody who has mastered the craft of MCing to the point where they can really play around with it yes. in in fun ways. And, you know, like I said, the, the production is, is gorgeous. It's like uh, this kind of like wavy, dreamy sound. He's ill. He's, he's like super fucking ill. And it's like, it's bugged out because I'm like, damn, I didn't, uh, I could have been listening to this, dude, <laughs> this dude's music a lot earlier i think that um maybe the first thing that i really dug into uh was the one that he did with uh his partner gene gray who is also really fucking ill mm-hmm. that might have been the first one that uh one of those joints that i really like dug into but yeah this this album it's already up there on uh my like imaginary top list of of like best albums or favorite albums of the year the shit is Mm -hmm. is absolutely fantastic yeah i'm gonna check that out this week um probably today i'll probably sit and check it out yeah Uh, i didn't realize it came out so i I, yeah that's the only reason why i haven't but yeah he super dope yeah super super dope so i'm anticipating a really dope project for real Mm -hmm. um is there anything else you listen to this week yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's new fucking uh, Kendrick Lamar album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. And, you know, <laughs> I think that uh, off top, I'm not a person who wants less talk and analysis around albums. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of the conversation around this record has involved uh, people pushing back against analysis. People don't like none of the reviews. People don't like how people break down the bars and all of that shit. And we talked about it uh, last week when we talked about uh, the heart Heart, joint. Yeah. I want us to dig into this music. You know what I mean? Kendrick, you know absolutely if if you if you wanted to say he's the illest mc of our time i would not argue with you as far as like you know somebody who you know has like the impact quote unquote mm-hmm. that that the greatest mc uh you know is is required to have you know i don't really know of anybody you can make a better argument for you know maybe drake on in like the pop sense yeah but Kendrick's uh the complexity of Kendrick's artistry far 
exceeds Drake or Cole or really, you know, any of his peers. And this record, you know, to Pimp a Butterfly had a lot of shit going on on yeah. a, a musical level, an emotional level, a political level. This record to me is just as complex and layered as to Pimp a Butterfly. I probably prefer to Pimp a Butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um you know, to to this new album, but this shit got a lot going on, and it it requires you know us to like dig in and analyze yeah. it. You know, yeah, I, I I've listened to the album a couple times. First of all, it's long because it's a double essentially. <laughs> it's like eighteen with that songs. Double album, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was listening to it. You know, obviously, I listened to it like loud and like you know getting into it listening to it. but i also listened to it last night low kind of as background music mm-hmm. as i was out doing i had to go do something so i was driving around it's very soothing when you're listening to it that way yeah like melodically it is a very like uh I don't necessarily want to say calming because, man, there's some fucking really deep ideas and topics on yeah. here. He has but manic s- moments and then yes. real calm moments. Yeah. Yeah. I really felt a calming feeling as I listened to it um, as I was driving yesterday uh, at a lower level that I think I don't necessarily would have got listening to it at like a higher volume level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because um, I think, like at the higher volume level, the manic aspects jump out so much more. Right. Um, right. So I do think it's something that you kind of have to sit with. And like you know, me and you've talked about this before. I'm not somebody who goes, I'm you know, when this shit dropped, 15 minutes later on Twitter, somebody was like, "This shit's a classic," or "This shit is trash." So, <laughs> like every you, every album. Yes. So like, there's no way to be like oh, there's a reasonable response to this album 15 minutes in. I would like to sit with this record for a little while. Um, I did that with Damn. I did that with The Pimp a Butterfly. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, You know what I mean? Like I want to listen to it for a little while and get my feelings completely together on it. Yeah. Um, I enjoy the record right now. I really do. I think there's some great stuff on there. I love the fact that it's like there's some grown-up records on there, just like you know, dealing with complex emotions, dealing with father issues, and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you a lot know. of family trauma. Yeah, in absolutely. This yeah, absolutely. Um, I think some of the ideas that he brings up on this record are things that really should be talked about, and you know, uh, I think. One thing I really am loving, and I think this has been around for a long time, because since we were kids, I mean, like, Pac was basically doing therapy on record oh, for real. his whole career. Um, so, like, I think those those ideas have existed in hip-hop for a very long time, but I think you're starting to see a lot more of it. I mean, you have artists like Jay-Z talking about, like, being in therapy, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, obviously Little Sims has a fucking song called Therapy, and whole, the whole last record is sounds like a... a you know, a lot of her going through therapy and shit like mm-hmm. that. Um, and this record feels like Kendrick working through a lot of emotions. Right. 
Right. You know what I mean? Um, and working through these ideas of even like um, heteronormalcy and uh, all these concepts that I think like, you know, one thing I appreciate is that like my son still really loves Kendrick. He was his favorite rapper at one point. Yeah. Um, and like being my son having to sit there and listen to like, cause you know, listen, man, like anybody who's a parent can sit there and tell you, and we know it from children, like, you know, your parents can tell you about a lot of shit, but you don't want to listen to them. Like, you right, know what I mean? Right. You got to get it from another source. Yes. So like, I like that he's talking about these ideas and like, you know, my son has issues with his biological father and shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, I think it's really good to have these ideas and these things talked about. And, um, I, I think it's important. I think this record's important. And, you know, Art should be this kind of way. Like, art can be, you know, real housewives, over-the-top craziness, but it can also be Atlanta. You know what I mean? And, like, but they're both art, and they're both relevant for reasons. And that's why, like, you know, a a party record is just as important as a record that's about, you know, dealing with your, your absentee father. Those are just as important records because, like, you need both of those emotions. We can't be in one emotion all the time. So I, I do really enjoy this record. I think, like... Uh, I think it it, it it brings up themes that should be talked about and hopefully branch out into bigger conversation. Like we like you said, like we talked about this last week. Like it's important to dissect art. Yeah, you know what I mean? Shit. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important. So I, I I again though, before I go like this is a certified classic and deserves to be <laughs> like I want to sit with it for a while and go like, oh, I really, yeah. really, really enjoy this record, or go like you know, it's probably a little bloated and doesn't need to be 18 tracks. Yeah, and I absolutely I, I agree with that assessment that uh, this is a lot of music, mm-hmm. which, you know, on its face isn't a big thing. But if we're no. talking about, you know, uh, somebody making like uh, uh, an impactful artistic statement, it's like, yo, some of this shit you could have left off. Mm-hmm. I think that um, also there are... There are moments where it doesn't hit for me. Um, I would have to go back and listen to uh, N95. I thought N95 had like some nice tricky things happening sonically that I like, mm-hmm. but overall it just felt whatever to me. I think that uh, I get what he was trying to say with uh, Auntie Diaries, where he's talking about like uh, two trans relatives that he has in his family. But I also, I think that uh, performers are very good at nailing emotional moments intentionally and making us feel things, Mm -hmm. right? Not saying that these two things can't exist, but it's weird to me to have Kendrick at the top of this record on side one, disc one, railing about like the cancel culture, which we know yes. that's that's code for I don't want to be held accountable by, you know, 
black folks, women, gay folks, trans folks, whatever, you know what I'm saying? That's like, I want to be able to say whatever. That's code when people rail against, you know, the cancel culture. It's weird to me to have him doing that at the top of the record, but then giving us this really like heartfelt, you know, uh, examination uh, and really like a love letter, but like a fucked up love letter. Cause like, yes. why are you dropping like M, uh, I was going to say F-bombs. N-bombs. Why, yeah. <laughs> why are you dropping F-bombs, you know, when describing your family, there's no circumstance under which, you know, I would do that, but you know, whatever, that's not my record. It's just, it feels weird to me. Um, and it kind of reminded me, of when uh, Dave Chappelle got a lot of backlash mm-hmm. about being transphobic and and popped out with, oh, you know, my one of my best friends is trans and, you know, she passed away, you know, and I loved her. Like, it just, it it's a, the Auntie Diaries song is beautiful and it's emotionally evocative. Like, it makes you feel a thing. Yeah it does not feel sincere a hundred percent to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that, that kind of pulled me out of, um, not out of taking it seriously, but it just, it just pulled me out of the moment. Cause like that other stuff about, you know, the cancel culture and, you know, I'm not your savior, which is, you know, nigga, nobody said you were <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? people, people uh you know hold you to a standard as a public figure and and you know hold your art to a standard that your art requires yes. nobody nobody's i don't have a nobody has a shrine of Kendrick Lamar <laughs> in their house and i think that um that's another little like coded way that uh famous people kind of uh a little code that they throw up to evade uh accountability mm-hmm. it's like well I'm, I'm not yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not anybody's savior nigga nobody said that <laughs> but it's it's uh the charles barkley saying like i'm no role model like yeah yeah i get it you're not you shouldn't be but you are like that's you know what i mean like, there are people looking to you you know yeah. to to be better you know what yeah. i'm saying and i agree with you i think there's and i also think i i do also think in the sense that there is a an aspect of like where somebody is mentally when they're creating something and how that art can come out after they've created it and in their head they feel it's one way and how Mm. people perceive it can be a completely different way well yeah you know what i mean and um so i i do i do think there's that was that was weird to me to be the the cancel culture stuff and then to have this record it's just like Okay, that's yeah. that's a little weird. But like um I also think people can be complex and like, mm-hmm. you know, it isn't necessarily something that like, you know, everything's black and white. So uh but I do I see I I really welcome um uh people in the trans communities experience on this song. Like what they are getting from it, how they feel because it, and it's also a situation of like you know, one trans person's experience of how they perceive the song is in every trans person's experience right, of how right, they right, perceive right. the song. So I think that's really important to uh, 
to think about as well. Um, yeah. and, I, and not to cut you off, but I no, no, go ahead. I recognize that my um, like feeling about it, you know, like a like for example, like a white person could have heard LL's uh, was it accidental racist. Yeah, <laughs> a white person could have heard that and be like, "Yeah, man, right on! Like that, that feels great." You know what I'm saying? Like black people are looking like, "What?" Yeah, so, exactly. You know, I recognize that I also have uh, like blind spots in my analysis, absolutely, and in my emotion. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what, this is a subject that I'm looking at, you know, from like the outside looking in. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why. Like I, I. I thought when I first heard it, I was like, the, the F-bombs always kind of threw me. When I first heard it, I was like, oh, that's a little weird. But, like, yeah. I understand what he's saying in the sense that, like, when we grew up, that word was thrown around Absolutely. very liberally. Um, so I get that. I do get that aspect of it. But I thought, like, I don't know, maybe it's a little much. But whatever. And what he was talking about, I was like, oh, that's, like, really, you know, to have an, an artist of his caliber talking about these things, and, you know, it's the bare minimum you can do is just recognizing a person's humanity, <laughs> like, but, like, come on, in a world that, you know, as we're watching shit get rolled back, and uh, was it, is it Texas now that, like, you know, you can't, like, uh, they're not, uh, trans youth aren't able to get, like, medicine and all kinds of, any kind of healthcare, shit like that, Same. so, like, I think it is important to have these discussions. So I thought it was like, oh, wow, like, he's bringing this thing up. That's what... And then I read some reactions to it from people in the trans community who were very positive, who were kind of in a mixed situation of it. Like, well, I'm glad right. this is having a conversation, but I think this was also missed places here, which also could be simply, I mean, Kendrick isn't a member of the trans community in that sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... He may have blind spots himself. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think it's important that we recognize that, like, um, if we're coming to this with an honest perspective of wanting to learn and wanting to um, be open and have these ideas, then that's part of it. Like, you're going, you're, you may step out of line, but as long as you can recognize that in yourself and go, like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't want to hurt anybody. I'm not trying to offend anybody or, or make anybody feel bad. That's not my intention. So I'm open to learn that, like, oh, how I said this was wrong. Like, let's move forward. Like, you know what I mean? I do think yeah. that's important as well. And, um, so yeah, I, even, but, Overall, I just think like I need time to sit with this whole project to yeah go like where do I sit with everything? Yeah. You know what I mean? God bless motherfuckers that are writing like the first reaction reviews yes. or like yeah, reviewing yeah, yeah. some shit because the record came out last week and we're you know just getting around to talking about it. <laughs> God bless y'all who like jump out with like the essays about this shit. I don't want to, I, I turn down stuff like that. You know what I yeah, mean? I don't literally like people have hit me up and were like, Hey, you want to review the Kendrick record? And I was like, uh-uh, uh, I don't want no parts of that. I'll talk about it, uh, here on, you know, mm -hmm. serious rap shit. Uh, cause we can, we homies and we could just chat, but like yes. writing a whole essay about some record that just, you know, came out that, everybody else is writing essays about and having big feelings about mm -hmm. not interested. I used to do yeah. that shit, but no, no more. Because 
how I would write it. Like, that's why I would never be any good on, like, sports talk. Uh, like, there's, like, first takes and all that kind of shit where they're just like, oh, right. man, so-and-so lost last night. It means their season's terrible. And it's just like, oh, it was one in 82 games. Like, yeah. it's, you know, if we see this trend stay with us in the next five games, and I'm going to be worried. But until then, like, I'm very, like, middle of the road in a lot of stuff. So I'm not, like... You know, unless you catch me at like tweeting during a Sixers game where I'm just like, fuck it, start the process over. Like, right. you know what I mean? Outside of that. Fire Doc Rivers. Yes. Um, my mind state is like, you know, generally like, you know, you know what? Like, let's let's ride the, the, the medium and see where we're going. I don't want to like go too crazy high or too crazy low in these situations. I don't want to like just jump out on a ledge and be like, this is the greatest album of all time or jump out on a ledge and be like, man, this is Kendrick's weakest project. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just think like, oh, I need to sit with this for like a month before mm -hmm. I decide whether it's like, I enjoy the record. I can say that. Like I enjoy yeah. this record. I think there's some really good songs on here, stuff that I really enjoy. I think there's some really thought provoking records on here. Um, but Am I going to be like, oh, it's better than Damn, or it's better than The Pimp a Butterfly? No, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to wait to decide those things. Yeah, I don't know where it sits uh, in his catalog because I don't, I don't even like, you know, Kendrick very much feels like the MC of, you know, a younger generation to me. Mm -hmm. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not really wrestling with his like legacy or his catalog. That's just not. That's not the lane, you know, that I'm in. And, you know, so I don't know where this fits in his catalog if we want to, like, rank them. I know I, I know I didn't enjoy it as much as Damn. I know I didn't enjoy it as much as uh, To Pimp a Butterfly or uh, Good Kid, Bad City. So, On first listen, definitely. I don't think yeah, I enjoyed it as we're much. We're talking, like, records. right out the, the gate mm -hmm. first listen. Yeah, it's, it would be – it would probably be – be uh pretty low but also you know there's a complexity and really like a, a set of contradictions all through this music that mm -hmm. to me says okay this is something you need to be listening to you know from you know for for some time it's not i feel like damn i said shout out to uh the homie alex smith i said to alex uh the other day that damn felt like Kendrick's like stadium album. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I saw him tour. I saw him in a stadium, you know, tour uh, off that album. It very much felt like big ideas, big, you know, musical uh, statements. And it's like kind of, I don't want to say right down the middle, but like it was like he was swinging for the fences and it yeah, made yeah. a lot of it sense. It felt like a statement album. That's what it right. felt like. Right. Uh, this new one very much feels like um, he's allowing all of the like contradictory shit to seep in. So it just requires more time uh, and attention because it's 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 fucked up in a lot of ways and it's really good in a lot of other ways. Yeah, I mean, like that's what that's why I say with like as far as therapy type record. 
it feels like these are emotions we're going to have to sit with and deal with. I mean, like, as you learn going through therapy, you go like, oh, like, I can recognize this emotion and we can talk about it now. But this Mm -hmm. isn't something that I'm going to have to, like, we're going to be talking about this emotion for the next 10 years while I'm in therapy. And I think that is a very similar thing with this where it's like, oh, this is a man wrestling with different emotions and wrestling with different ideas and feelings. And he laid a lot of this out there. And so like, I think as somebody who's a listener of this, this project that you're going to like, for me, I need to like wrestle with it for a while and see where it fits for me. I'm always going to love to pimp a butterfly partially because I think it's the most outcast sounding Kendrick record. <laughs> right. Right. Like he he feels like Andre on that record to me in a lot of ways. And I love Andre. So like having Kendrick do this kind of similar idea of feeling record, I like I really love that record the most. Yeah. Um but like that doesn't mean that after I listen to this record for, you know, another three, four months, I'm not gonna be like, you know what, I really, really enjoy this record. I think this record's really up there. Um so it, it, it's something that, like, I think takes time, and, and uh, but I do think it's a really good record. I think there's some really, I, like, on the surface, there's some really good songs on here and really good ideas that I really enjoy. Um, so yeah. I, I definitely, you know, I'm sure people, it's like the biggest record in in the world right now. So I'm sure people have listened to it, but yeah, yeah I, I'm 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 definitely enjoying it. He's he's powerful, but also like. A lot of that he's an asshole shit <laughs> seeps out too. <laughs> Absolutely. You Absolutely. feel me? Absolutely. But um besides that, I think we can start wrapping up. Um you can get us on serious rap shit at uh on Instagram and Twitter. Uh you're John underscore liberator on yep, Instagram yep. and Twitter. I'm Indy underscore SRS on Instagram and Twitter. That's I-N-D-I underscore SRS. Um, we have a Vivo channel. Go like and subscribe there. It's uh, If you put it on the search bar on YouTube, Serious Rap Shit Vivo, V-E-V-O. Yeah. Um, all our shit pops up there. We have a new video going up, um, I believe, tomorrow. Um, and we'll be back to like regular videos now because we're back in the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have like two on deck, and then there'll be something from this that'll go up too. So we're back in the swing of things. We're 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 moving along. Um, but there's like exclusive stuff up there, stuff that is only available. There's actually uh, just a a recent posting from a lost episode that we recorded, but the audio got messed up overall. So like we just have a quick segment from that on there. Um, we also have merchandise at seriousrapshit.com. Uh, you can go there, get all types of merchandise that we have. Uh, we have um, the Abolish Ice t-shirts available through IncenseTrapAndYoga.com. Um, and part of the proceeds for those go toward um, helping migrant families with uh, legal aid. Um, and we have... Uh, oh, and if you're listening to this in the podcast app, on the Apple Podcast app, you can rate and review us. I think Spotify, you can review or maybe i mean i think it's just rate i don't think you can write a review mm-hmm. you can rate in the spotify app um and i'm sure there's other places to do that but if you can rate and review us it really helps us out and um other than that we'll be back next week peace peace me and my friend take his fat, 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 fat.